Hey guys, this is Brad. Just wanted to take a minute to thank you, the listener, for listening and proving you have a growth mindset. Our mission is to curate information from the top influencers around the world. We provide you with real, actionable steps on how to improve in any and every area of your life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, C-suite executive, or just starting your journey of self-development, professional development is all about growth. And you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. If you enjoy this content, please help us by liking, sharing, and subscribing. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome to the Professional Development Podcast. Today is Tuesday, 4.20, and we are not blazing it up, <laughs> but today is uh, episode 34, and we've got on an incredibly special guest, uh, and honestly, you really need no introduction because we probably reference his content at least once every other episode, Andy Frisella. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Excited to be here, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and we are in his incredibly tiny facility located yeah. <laughs> here in Fenton, which is actually 180,000 square feet. Yeah, 188. 188,000 yeah. square feet. And it's fucking huge. Can you walk through? So you've got a gym, you've got a full basketball court. Mm -hmm. DJ over here was saying that you guys are about to build out like a 24-hour kitchen. Mm -hmm. You guys, I mean. Yeah, it's a it's a campus. I mean, it's, yeah. it's full service. People are here all the time. Yeah. Uh, we're building a second building right here across the drive. And that's actually what I was working on right before I came up here. So, okay. What's uh, that going to be? Uh, that'll be all distribution. Yep. So every it'll be all warehouse. And uh, and then this building will be built out to be completely offices. So the whole building will be office. Right now, it's about half and half. And then um, when we move, this will be built out to office. Yep. Um, and then that building will be distribution. Yeah. A lot of, lot of changes. Every time we listen, it's like you guys build out something, yeah. then you got to tear something down and rebuild it because yeah. you're getting even bigger. Yeah. We're growing pretty fast. I mean, we've, we, last year, um, we added close to 200 employees uh, during the COVID lockdowns. So, I mean, things are going really, really well. It's just a matter of scaling at the proper rate, you know? Yeah. You don't want to get out over your skis. Yeah. That's incredible. So, again, we appreciate you coming on. Um, so, again, like we were talking about, um, even though you probably know all about our podcast and you yeah, listen yeah. to all the episodes. Everything. Just so you know, we're... Uh, I got my notes right here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so you know what I'm going to say, what our mantra is and all that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah. our mantra is, if you're not growing, you're dying. Um, we are huge into professional development and growing ourselves. A lot of our listeners are actually people that are just starting their self-development journey. So I think the first question we would have is, how did you get started on your professional development journey? And is there any books or podcasts or audio tapes that you would point to? Yeah, for sure. Um, dude, my mom gave me a <clears throat> Tony Robbins CD set when I was like 16 or 17 years old. And up until that point, the only personal development I ever had was just, you know, my dad telling me shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> that was how I got started. I, I started listening to him. Uh, you know, back in the day, there was Zig Ziglar and there were some other guys, but uh, Tony Robbins was definitely the guy I think has impacted impacted me the most, uh, and, and I think he's probably impacted the most humans of any person alive in a positive way. Um, I know none of this would exist if I hadn't stumbled onto that content. Yeah, and I certainly wouldn't be who I am, like in terms of personal development. Yep. So it was it was a set of Tony Robbins CDs. Then I started reading books. Um, and then I got to where I was literally consuming everything I could find on anything that had to do with getting better in any aspect. And, you know, a lot of people always ask, they're like, what books should I read? Motherfucker, you should read all of them. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's like, you ain't going to get it from one book. You no. Know what I mean, you got to be a student of the game. Yeah. It's funny. And you say you, uh, you when you started, uh, mm -hmm. it just kind of triggered something and you devoured it. We all yeah. talk about how, like, in college, well, at least I know personally— for myself, I was a shit student. Yeah, me too. Right? But when I got out of college and I started reading a book that I could directly apply to my career, I was like, oh, like I can see yeah. that this is going to actually do something. And then we all, and same with everybody here, we all just kind of caught the itch and now we're just obsessed with it. Yeah, it's interesting how traditional schooling will make you feel stupid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, you know what I'm saying? Like so many people out there have ruined their lives because some fucking teacher has told them that they're not good or they're not good enough or they're not smart enough. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. you failed their curriculum. Or maybe you weren't interested. I know for me, I didn't have an interest. Like, I've always been, even since I was a little kid, like, I, I look for practical information. If, it, if it's not going to help me, I'm not going to fucking learn it. And that's how I've always been. And so, you know, sitting there in, in, in high school, and I, I was fortunate enough to go to Biani, which is a great school that I'm proud that I went to. But still, there was all kinds of shit that they were teaching me that I was just like, dude, I'm never going to use this. This is not my path. It's not what I'm about. 
And, you know, I would do, I would do poor in those classes. And then, you know, I went to my guidance counselor at the time and he's like, you know, what do you want to do with life? And I tell him, and he's like, well, that ain't, you ain't doing that because you're not smart. And it's like, well, fuck you, yeah. you know? And <laughs> so we have a major problem here in America um, with, with the standards that, that people are holding our kids to. Um, being smart and intelligent and successful has nothing to do with the grades you get in school. We actually, we actually did a whole entire podcast on that, talking about self-education versus yes. formal education. And I, I personally, you know, maybe this is already going down the wrong path to, to interview you here with, but um, what do you think about these schools that are, are really pushing a lot of liberal views on kids right now? I think it's bullshit. And, and I, don't, I don't care if you don't like it. You know, we grew up in a situation where, where I was taught to do the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, we were taught that you know, everybody's equal. And we were taught that we all have equal opportunity. They're not teaching these kids that anymore. You know, if you're a black, if you're a black kid now, they're telling you because of the critical race theory curriculum, they're telling people, um, well, because you're black, you never have a chance ever at yeah. succeeding in life. And I can't think of a fucking shittier way to handicap a kid, no matter what race or where they come from, by an adult who they're supposed to trust telling them that you will never win because this country is inherently fucked up. And that's not the truth. It's not what Martin Luther King taught. And Martin Luther King is an American hero that we worship every year with a fucking, a fucking holiday, okay? So we can't have both lines of thought. They don't align. You can't, you can't think, oh, um, everybody has to be defined by their, the, you know, the identity politics and their race and their, and their gender and their this and their that and their income and all these things. And then, and then come over here to Martin Luther King and say, all men are equal. And now we should worry about the content of character. There's a huge, um, you know, misalignment there with those values. And it's, it, it's, 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 it's disturbing. And, you know, this all started 20, 30 years ago, 25 years ago with, with participation trophies and, um, you know, removing the pledge. And, and, and dude, it's, it, to me, it's disgusting. I think it's wrong. I think it handicaps people. I don't think it's true. Um, and there's plenty of examples out there in real life that it's not true. There's plenty of people that have come from every single fucking background there is, every single economic background, every single situation that have gone out and made great things happen for themselves, period. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And what do you think about the fact of these people, you know, they're told, you know, you don't have a fucking chance in life, but there is that 1% of that group that says, no, fuck you. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go do what it needs to do to, to be successful. Well, that's why I say what I say. You know, I get a lot of backlash because it's not the popular thing to say right now. But the truth of the matter is, if one person, if one kid hears what I say about that and thinks, yeah, fuck these people and goes out and does it, then I'll take all the heat for that. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm tired of this bullshit. And I think most people are. And, and, and the truth of it is, most people are so fucking scared to speak up that they, they perpetuate this, right? Like, look at, the, look at what's happening. You know, oh, well, you know, let's just be quiet and we'll let them do their thing and, and I'll do my thing. Yeah, that works. You're going to be okay. But that's not your obligation to the, to the rest of the, the country. You know, we have to start speaking up against what's fucking wrong or those people who represent what's wrong are going to fucking take everything from everybody. And I think you're already starting to see that in Canada. I mean, just Absolutely. last week. I mean, what do you think about that situation? I think they're fucked. And I think they're getting what they deserve. You keep voting for this shit, this is what the fuck happens. So you guys can figure it out on your fucking own. Uh, so <laughs> going back. <laughs> what? I love it. I love it's the it. truth. Yeah, it's the fucking truth. I saw a video last night of these, you know, I was in Canada last year and I was, we were with the, 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 my uh, driver and he's like, oh yeah, man, you know, it's super liberal up here. It's so this, it's so that, you know, we don't really care about guns. We can't have guns and everybody just kind of does. And I'm like, and I'm thinking about this motherfucker right now. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I wonder if he's still going to, still thinks all that shit. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, you guys did this to yourself by being uninformed, not standing for yourselves, letting the squeaky wheels get their way. And now you're surprised. You're surprised that this 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 tyranny is just being uh, the the vice of tyranny is being wound tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. And I, you know what? I don't know what they're going to do because they don't have any they don't have any recourse. Yeah. So what are they going to do? They're going to have to rely on another country. If there is another country that will even because dude, we're in deep Not shit us right too. Now, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it sucks. I. If I was you guys, I, you know, 
This is why I say the shit I say, because this is what will happen here if we keep fucking letting everybody pout and cry and scream their way to, you know, whatever they want. Because that's what we're seeing, dude. What oh, we're yeah. seeing here is the generation of participation trophies throwing a fucking temper tantrum to get their way on a world scale. And like, dude, you all out there who are listening to this shit and you guys, you know, oh, well, it's okay. I'm not going to, I don't want to rock the boat. Well, they're going to rock your motherfucking boat. So you better get ready to stand the fuck up. Yeah. And I th going back to it, you say like the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease mm -hmm. kind of, and that's the mentality, right? It's like, um, you look at it, it's like you can either sit there and bitch, bitch, bitch yeah. until you get something. Uh, or you can go out and you can work for it. And even if you have been wronged or someone has fucked you over or you didn't come up with something where you can make something out of yourself, um, which everybody obviously can, it's just, it's a mentality, right? So I think you even have a quote that you say, make your scars your strengths. Yeah. And I was listening to a pod that you were on and you said that getting stabbed in the face turned out to be one of the greatest things that ever happened to you. Mm -hmm. So can you explain how 150 stitches and almost bleeding the fuck out was one of the greatest things that ever happened to you? Yeah, man. It taught me a whole lot about myself. You know, the thing is, is, you know, the whole key to life, dude, is alchemy. There's a book called The Alchemist, okay? You have to be able to take your hardships and turn them into fucking foundations that you can build upon. And when someone stabs you in the fucking face like they did me— and you have these scars on your face and your fucking face is deformed and you have nerve damage, you can't smile, shit like that. Um, you can't hide it from the world. It kind of forces you to, to deal with it, right? Like we can hide certain things like internal pains. We can hide injustices. We can hide our internal feelings. But when your face is swollen up the size of a fucking grapefruit, um, it's kind of hard to hide it. You know what I'm saying? So it forced me to figure it out. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, at first, I, I reacted like any normal human would react to a tragedy. You know, I went through a, a long grieving process of, of super dark depression and suicidal thoughts and yep. just terrible, terrible, terrible time in my life for, for about uh, two years. You know, my face was swollen up this big for over a year, dude. Um, so, it, you know, it, 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 taught, it taught me a lot. And, and what happened was, really what happened, the best thing that happened there was a single moment in interaction that, that really changed my whole life. Um, I was walking through Price Cutter grocery store um, and I was pushing my cart. And, you know, dude, when your, face is, when your face is deformed or you have a deformity of any kind, you know, people do one of two things. And, and if you're healthy and you don't have any uh, disabilities and you look normal, you're not going to understand this. But you might because you might find yourself guilty of it. But what happens is... People do one of two things, bro. They either look at the ground and they won't make eye contact with you and they won't look at you at all. They act like you're not there. Even when they're checking you out at the grocery store, they look down, they do everything they can to not look at you um, because you're weird looking and they don't want to feel awkward. It's not that they're being mean. It's like they don't, you know what I'm saying? They don't know what to do. They feel like it's rude. Yeah, right, exactly. Like they're staring. And <clears throat> um, I was... I was, or the other thing they do is they look right at you and they say, bro, what the fuck happened to your face? <laughs> and a lot of people did that, right? And, and, I, and I actually preferred that. Um, but it wears on you, dude. And <clears throat> at the height or the depth of when I was feeling all that dark stuff, um, I was at a price cutter grocery store and I was pushing the grocery cart down the aisle and I came to the end of the aisle and I hit another woman's cart. Well, I didn't know it was a woman. I, I, I couldn't tell because... She had no face, okay? I looked, I, I hit the cart, I looked at her, and her face had been completely burnt off to where there was like nostril holes, but no face. And um, she was wearing like a little, like, a, like a, one of those bucket hats. And she looked, I hit her cart, I looked at her, I kind of like got startled because I was like, I didn't expect to, to see her, just like a lot of people probably yeah. didn't expect to see my shit. Right. And she goes, dude, what happened to your fucking face? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and dude, honestly, like instantly she knew and I knew and we connected like instantly, dude. And, and we had this like maybe 10, 15 minute conversation and she had been in a plane crash and, uh, and she lost her family in that plane, a, a small plane crash and had lost her whole family in that plane crash, lost her leg, was burned literally 90% of her body. And uh, just having the conversation with her and made me feel like such a fucking weak bitch because I'm sitting here feeling so sorry for myself because I got a couple fucking scrapes on my face. Yep. And here this woman lost fucking everything. 
You know what I'm saying? And she's smiling and having a good time and, and, and giving me words of encouragement. Yeah. And I walked out of that grocery store a changed dude. And, and it still took me a while to figure out what was good about this. Um, but I found it right away. And I can tell you what it was. Uh, and there's been all kinds of things that are good. But this is the main thing that was good from that. Um, dude, people remember me. Okay? So Chris and I were trying to build supplement superstores. We only had one store. We didn't have any money. You know, we weren't, we weren't a big deal. No one gave a fuck. And so we would go to these trade shows and we would talk to people and, you know, then we would call them on Monday or Tuesday or the next week, they wouldn't remember us. But after I got stabbed, they always remember because I would call them up and, and I'd be like, hey guys, it's Andy from Supplement Superstores, blah, 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 blah. And they'd be like, oh man, you know, we met a lot. I said, dude, you remember me. I had the fucking scars on my face. And they're like, Oh yeah, bro. And like, dude, so I started using it to my advantage yeah. as a, as a something to build upon because I recognized that it made me, it made me memorable. And honestly, bro, that memor that ability to be remembered has been one of the best things that's ever happened to me because, you know, I've built a, a, a huge speaking career off of it. I've built a huge social media following, one of the biggest podcasts in the world, some of the best companies that exist in the planet, all off of just people remembering who I was. Yeah. So when I say it was the best thing, I'm being literal. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be sitting here had it not happened. Right. You sold your authentic self. That's yeah. a huge thing that people miss. That's out all on. I got, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all anyone has. Yeah. Uh, so I think, um, I know one of the topics, just to shift gears for a second, we wanted to talk about was 75 hard. Yeah. And I think Bobby, I mean, we got, all got a couple questions on that, but Bobby has specifically, because I think it affected him yeah. probably the most out of this group. Yeah, so uh, Andy, back in June of last year, mm -hmm. I actually uh, hit a rock bottom and I stopped drinking. Uh, went completely sober, had to just yeah. dark times, right? I get it. And uh, I had actually looked into doing 75 hard in March and I decided not to because I looked looked at the rules and I was like, there's no way I can stop fucking drinking. Yeah. I love my booze too much. Yeah. And uh, in June, stopped drinking and I started listening to a lot of podcasts. And then I was like, oh, I can finally do 75 hard because I'm not drinking anymore. Yeah. And I started doing that. I hired a nutrition coach and that was something that completely changed my life. So before I ask my question, thank you so much. Um, and uh, I lost 60 pounds That's amazing, um, bro. from that time. So huge, huge for me, changed my life forever. And so you get these stories all the time. Yeah, right? but they don't get old. I mean, this is what the fuck I do. You I know love what I'm it. Saying? Like, dude, I, I do what I, a lot of people got me fucked up. You know, that's the truth. I do, I don't have to do shit. That's the truth of the situation. The reason I get up every day and come here and do this and put my time in and continue to do so past the point of having to do so is because of things like that. Like, it, ma it fucking matters. Oh, yeah. I, I know it matters because of what it did for me. So, I mean, bro, fuck yeah. Thanks, brother. That's what's up. I appreciate it. Do you have one story of, like, obviously you have so many people out there that have one. Is there any of them that stand out more than another one? Obviously, you never get sick of it. Yeah. But is there one recently or one that stands out overall that's just, like, this one just, I blew my mind, and I'm so happy <sighs> that they found 75 hard? No, no, because I'm, I'm very— I, I understand what the program does psychologically pretty well. Um, so I'm not surprised when people tell me what they, they got off of it, right? Right. Um, but the, my, out of all the things, I, there's not one story, but there is one theme that continues to make me feel like I'm making a difference, right? And it has to do with, with really what I took from the program. Um, you know, for years and years and years, I struggle with my weight. I'm, I'm genetically a, a fat person. Uh, and I have terrible habits, bro. I like to party. I like to eat. I, you know, I'm from St. Louis, just like all you guys yep. listening probably are. You know, dude, we got great food here. We got, we're a drinking town. Yep. It's fun. So I never had control over those things, right? Like, if this was, a, a, you know, a beer or fucking toaster raviolis or whatever, <laughs> like, bro, I'm eating it. You yep. know what I'm saying? And, and it wasn't, it wasn't, me making the decision, it was this, this making the decision for me. So I was totally out of control. And what, what it taught me was how to have control over the external factors in my life that I can control, you know? And there's parts of the program, as you know, that are meant for you to learn how to deal with circumstances that are not ideal, which is like why you have to do cardio when it's snowing out, like right. I did earlier, right? right? Um, so... The main thing that I love about the 75 hard program, I mean, dude, we've had so many people, like you lost 60 pounds. I've, dude, we've had 10,000 people lose weight, right? 
at that at that level. I mean, it's awesome, but that's not what it is. Right. What I'm proud of is the ability for these people to start believing in themselves enough to control these types of external factors. Where like, dude, I I don't I didn't I now I choose when I indulge. Right. 100%. Like, I choose if I want to have a beer. I choose if I want to cheat on my diet. I choose if I want to go out to eat or whatever. And if I don't, it doesn't eat me up. It's an easy decision, yes or no. And having that power and that discipline in your life is so powerful in every single area. And, and when I hear that from people, when it's like, bro— you don't understand. I'm like, no, I do understand. Like now you're able to choose here and you're able to make decisions in your relationship, in your business, in your career, um, you know, in your diet, in your fitness. You're able to make those decisions clearly and confidently. And what that does is that builds someone's self-esteem. It builds their grit. It builds their fortitude. It builds what all the qualities that make up their mental toughness. And guys, I'm telling you right now, that's the superpower, man. Like, you can go out and buy every course, and you can try to get coached by every good coach, and there's a lot of them out there, and you could do all these things. But until you cultivate the strength that is the discipline and the mental toughness on your own, none of that shit that you learn will ever work because you won't be able to adhere to it. And that's what I get. That's what, that's what gives me the most pride when people say, dude, I've, like, when they tell me this, I get that they did the program, and mm -hmm. they got what they should have got out of it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and it's and um and the programs. I can't talk from experience because I, I haven't done it, but the program seems like the ultimate test for discipline. Yeah, and you've got a pretty interesting take, and you've touched on it there for a second on um the correlation between your level of discipline and your level of happiness. Can yeah. you talk to that for a second? Yeah, for sure, man. There's three key components that that that. So 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 I believe um, that people look at happiness all wrong. You know, they like you ask someone, are you happy? And what are they going to say? They always say the same fucking thing. Eh, you know, it's pretty good, but things could be better. And it's like, bro, that's not what the fuck I asked you. Living I the asked dream. You, you're fucking happy. <laughs> you know, and that's not an answer. So, so that never made sense to yeah. me because I never met someone who was like, yeah, I'm fucking, I'm fucking super happy, bro. <laughs> like, I didn't, I never met someone like that. So, and if you, you did, a Bobby weird. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's kind of me. If I did, I'm like, bro, what, what's this dude doing? Yeah. So, oh, man. Not give me some. Anymore. That's like the guy sliding in DJ's DMs, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he gets a lot of those. <laughs> oh, we got, what's that yeah. vibe he's putting off? Uh, it is that vibe. It's that big, sexy vibe. <laughs> so, dude, we, uh, <laughs> So, so, yeah, so what was the question? <laughs> uh, so it was the correlation between Oh, yeah, so there's three components to, to happiness, what I discovered, man. And, and really, dude, happiness is on a day-by-day -day basis, okay? You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have days where you're like, fuck, that was a great day. And you're going to have days you're going to be like, fuck, that sucked. But that's not, that's not happiness, man. Happiness comes from three components. One, discipline. Okay, you're doing, you're keeping your obligations you make to yourself. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you have to go out and do all this crazy shit and run marathons and, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm, what I am saying, though, is that you have to live to your standard. What you say needs to happen, you need to do, okay? That's the first thing. Because if you don't do that, you won't believe in yourself. You won't have confidence. Confidence is a huge, huge component of being happy. Secondly, you got to have purpose, okay? You've got to have a mission. What's your mission? You know, a lot of people don't, don't believe in that. They don't understand, you know, well, my mission is to provide for my family. No, it's got to be more than that. It's got to be something you're contributing to. It's got to be something bigger than you and bigger than your paycheck. Okay. What's your mission? My mission is to change motherfuckers lives for real. And I do that very well. So that, that contributes to my happiness. So I have discipline. I have purpose. Now the, the third thing is gratitude. So you have to have gratitude, bro, because gratitude saves, all right? If you're, for those of you down, you know, you said you were in a dark spot. You can, you, if you're listening right now and you're in a dark, deep fucking hole and you're like, nobody gets me, nobody this, nobody that, do me a favor. Stop for one second and think about all the shit that is actually good in your life. And if you can't think of those things, think of how much worse it could fucking be. It could be way worse, way, way worse. And most of us are being little bitches when we, when we start talking about, you know, how bad things really are. They really aren't that bad. It's a product of our own lack of discipline, okay? So these things are related. 
So when you have discipline and then you have purpose and then you have the ability to practice gratitude on a daily basis, bro, you're going to feel good. You're going to feel good. Yeah. And, and that, that creates a, a feeling of, of happiness. And that's it, man. You know, uh, I think a lot of people look at it the wrong way. They see it as like on a life scale. I look at happiness just like I look at everything else. Like it's today. What, what is happy today? Well, today I've got to do my shit, which is discipline. I got to contribute to my, to my mission, which yep. is purpose. And I got to take some time to appreciate the good shit around me. If I do those three things, when I go to bed tonight, I'm going to be fucking happy. Yeah. Yeah. Talking, uh, talking about purpose, there's a, on a couple of podcasts. I think it was the Breakthrough Walls podcast. Um, you had talked about, and I know you talked about it on Ben Newman's podcast, mm -hmm. who we're having on in a couple of weeks. He's a stud. He's uh, the man. Yeah. For sure. So you had talked about how you went back to the One Supplement Superstore with Chris, and you were just like, I don't think, because you were— you were thinking about other career paths. Yeah. And then you went back to him and you were like, hey, we might not be the yeah. successful business guys. Yeah. Uh, but it's pretty fucking cool yeah. that we have I had a guy come in here say he lost all this weight. And your your mindset, you said that day, kind of shifted. Yes, sir. From uh, profit to people and purpose. Yeah, it, it, it shifted. It shifted from withdrawals to deposits. Okay? So when you make deposits— you're going to get withdrawals. And I'm talking about, I am talking about money, okay? But I'm, talk, I'm not talking about making deposits of money. I'm talking about making deposits into other people, all right? So what, I, what happened in that scenario was we were 10 years in. Um, we weren't making any money. The most money that I had ever made in, in a month at supplement superstores 10 years in was $700 in a month. So think about that. My first three years, I didn't get paid. My next seven years, I made $695 a month for seven years fucking straight. I worked other jobs. Chris worked other jobs. That's how we kept the shit going, okay? Ten years in, you know, everybody's telling us, you know, hey, when are you going to get a real fucking job, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's not happening yet. It's not happening for us. And we can't figure out why. And so we started looking at all these other career paths. And, like, I went on, uh, we went to Sears Carpet Cleaning Franchise like, dude, there was all kinds of shit that we we were almost dead. And we almost closed the store and uh, all the stores at that time. And um, I came to the realization, like, I just kind of like, oh, it was almost through like, like I gave up. Like, I'm, you know, like, yep. like almost like, well, fuck, dude, we're not ever going to be these guys that we want to be, you know, so what are we going to do? And we had to have a real talk. And the talk that we had was basically what you said. It was, well, man, we don't make any money at this, but there, there's nowhere else that I think we could get the satisfaction that we get off of seeing someone come in, helping them, spending an hour with them or two hours, whatever it takes. Um, and then six months later, they're a completely different human. They've lost 100 pounds. You know, their life is way better. They come in, they're crying. They're giving you a hug. Like, where the fuck do you get that? Yeah. Right? So, so I told him, I'm like, dude, I think, you know, even if we don't make money, we should just focus on, on replicating that result as much as possible because it feels good and it's the right thing to do. Yep. And we switched right there and we started making deposits into our customers and, uh, instead of withdrawals. And what I mean by that is, you know, when the first 10 years, you know, we, we always had a, our, our mind and our eye and our, on, on the profit, right? How much are we making? We're not, oh, we're not making anything. Well, the reason we weren't making anything is because we weren't really trying to help and serve our customers. And once we started to truly help and serve our customers, that's when things change. And, and the next five years, um, you know, some of you guys listening might remember, but that was like the worst economy ever. In 2008 to, to uh, retail was going to yeah, shit. Yeah, fuck yeah, it's getting yeah. hammered. And we grew 100% every year for five years straight. So that was like a huge moment for, for us. Mm -hmm. And for those of you guys who are out there in business in any regard, um, pay attention to that because I'm telling you right now, I've, I coach literally thousands of entrepreneurs and the ones that understand what I just said and put it into practice win and the ones that don't keep spinning their wheels. Yeah. It's a huge thing. So how, like, like how was there, was there, I guess, because we're, we're all business owners in mm -hmm. our own sense right now. And I want to have this like purpose and like mm -hmm. passion and why behind it, which I do. Cause I, you know, I'm in recruiting, so I help 
small businesses grow mm-hmm. and I help people find better jobs, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but I still, at the end of the day, I'm like looking at the scorecard of like how much money I'm making and I still feel like I'm more focused on that. So this is kind of a selfish question, but like how would you suggest to anybody to shift that mindset from dollar bills to truly having a purpose of helping your customers? I would forget about your, I would not look at your bank. Yeah. I would forget about your bank and I would start, th- I would take out a piece of paper and I would make a list of all the things that you could possibly do to ensure your customer's success, meaning the people that you recruit. Yep. How can you How can you not only recruit better, how can you follow up when you've placed them? How do you maintain a relationship with them? Yep. How do you make sure they're getting what they need? Like take it so far above and beyond what their expectations are that every time the conversation comes up of who should you know be recruiting or, or who's the best, re- whatever it is you do, all of you guys, that your name comes up. You know, it's about owning that conversation. Yeah. You know, so my goal is when the conversation of losing weight or getting in shape or creating, uh, you know, personal development growth or this or that, when that conversation comes up, if my my name's not in it, I fucking failed. Yeah. Right. And that's how I look at it. Yeah. You want to well, be the go-to fucking that's guy. That's it. Every time. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. And well, go ahead. So obviously you've came from there. You have this amazing facility. You're worth tons of money. Um, what's the legacy that you want to leave behind? Because, you know, a guy like Elon Musk, like that motherfucker wants to go to Mars. Gary yeah. Vee wants to buy the Jets. What's what's Andy Frisella's? Um, I, I don't have a legacy in mind like that. Like my, my legacy, I was actually just talking about this with one of my friends last night. I'm not, I don't look at it like that. Like I, I literally look at it on a day-by-day basis and whatever it ends up being is what it, it's going to end up being. You know, um, my like a material goal for me is like I'd like to own the fucking Cardinals one day. There we go. Yeah. So I mean that's something I would like to do. And if I did, it would be fucking awesome. We'd have a great time every game. I promise you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. So you say yes. yeah. you say we as in just like us five <laughs> yeah. in the box seats. No, okay. I'm talking about. I'm talking. To, I'm talking to. Listen, we need you. Can you people, write that down? Everybody in <laughs> get your get your protest signs up and let's yeah. go. You know. So, like, but dude, I promise you, if I own the Cardinals, it's gonna be fucking fun. That's my promise, all right? But that's, that's you know, that was something I like to do. Um, but, I mean, my life's not going to be a failure if, I, if it never happens. Yeah. Just um, take Rob Man- Manfred's job, man. You can make baseball fun again. And that's, dude, I make everything fun. <laughs> so, so, like, the thing, you know, I, I think, it, dude, I, look, man, I have people that work here that started at minimum wage that now make mid-six figures, seven figures even, um, that own their own companies, that's, dude, that's doing it to me. You know what I'm saying? Like taking people who are, are raw clay yeah. and fucking helping them develop skills and, and you know, it's not always fun, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I got to hurt some feelings a lot of times, but the people that take it and the people that grow end up winning. And dude, that feels good. In my business, we talk a lot about changing someone's family tree. Yeah. Thinking about like yes. just a trickle down effect, yes. being able to change yes. someone's life for literally yeah. ever. And bro, I'm I'm never gonna get I'm like, I don't look at it like, oh well, you know, like, dude, it's not about me. It's about it's about what I'm the deposits I'm making. You know what I'm saying? And like whatever the legacy ends up being, it'll end up being, you know. Um, but I'm not overly, I don't overly think about it. But the goal is Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Season tickets? Yeah, I got you. So obviously you're used to winning, okay? So I used to drive race cars all over the country, go to New Zealand. And every time I'd win a race, I'd say, fuck, dude, winning is better than sex. It's better than anything. And I had that in my notes. And what was it wrote down is like, it's because sex is always there, but yeah. winning's not. You said like, you, had, you had to you got to work to win. Is what yeah. You said. yeah, like you have to work to win, yeah. but you can always find. Well, you sex. can win at sex too, bro. Oh, like, dude, believe yeah, me. Yeah. Every I mean, time like, I give her a high five, yeah, right. it's all good. Let's cut. Yeah, let's cut. Let's cut the track. I can give my boy a lesson here. <laughs> there's definitely a there's no, definitely but, a scorecard in sex. Yeah. No, but I, we high five. I, I feel day. what you're saying. I, I feel what you're saying, bro. Because like I do feel like winning, it, 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 it you know, and, and there's a there's a there's there's a a nuance to that too. Because uh, if you're a super high achiever, like I fucking expect to win. Like, like people, like people are always like DJ hears this because he's with me every day. But people are like, man, you know, did you ever expect this to be your? Yeah, motherfucker, how the fuck did I got here? Like, yes, I expect I expect to win, and it's not a hope. It's not. It's not a. It's not a. You know, 
it's just not a hope. It's I expect it. And, and I think that that's a good thing for anybody to do that wants to become successful. Uh, now, in the beginning, when you first start expecting to win, guess what's going to happen? Get your dick stomped. That's right. You're going to fucking lose. But, but what happens is you learn the lessons and you put those tools in your tool belt and you use those tools the next time. And eventually you do start winning. And it just comes with investing time and having experience and putting the right things in your body and in your mind. And eventually you develop a, a little rhythm and, 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 and you get confidence. And then what happens is, you know, you do actually win most of the time. Now, do I win all the time? Fuck no, I don't. I lose a lot still. But, you know, um, they're little, they're, they're little, little losses. Ones, yeah. yeah, they're micro losses, you know, and that's, you're supposed to. And I'm happy to lose when I lose like that because I know it taught me something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I totally I think learning that. how to value the loss is such a big thing for people because it's so demoralizing for people that aren't used to losing. I think that's, I think being, <laughs> being a good loser is actually a great skill to have. Yeah, I mean, I just read Jason Selk's book, who's also from St. Louis here, and he talked about that, you know, some of the highest achieving baseball players that he worked with, they would they would get a loss and they they didn't know how to appreciate it. Yeah. And they didn't know how to grow from it. They yeah. just thought that this was their new person. So yeah. it's like, what do you say for those people that take losing as like normal? Like, because a lot of times I feel like society paints average as like the standard. Average, well, I mean, a- average, there's statist- statistics that prove what average is, right? Like, you can't argue with it. So, you know, if you fall in those statistics, you're fucking average. That's just the way it works. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to stay there. And, and I agree, you know, a lot of people do take it so personal that they, they, it becomes their identity, yeah. right? I think that's what you're asking. Yeah, that's a, like, yeah. they identify as a loser. Yeah, bro, yeah. and that's not true either, man. Like, I was called a fucking loser by fucking everybody, dude. And still, sometimes people still call me that, you know? And I'm like, all right, bro. Like, <laughs> what are you looking at? Yeah. Look at this. I've, you know? Well, Fuck I mean, it's not, just, it's not just that, but like, it, it, you know, it, it, I put a lot of work into a lot of different things and, you know, um, they work. So, I, you know, I, I think that anybody out there who feels like that, like you feel like, fuck, dude, I was born to lose. Dude, listen, you're just surrounded by the wrong motherfuckers and you haven't put in the work, there's only two things that could be the truth about someone who is consistently losing. One, um, they don't know the right plan to follow, and they've been following the wrong plan. Or two, they're on the right plan, and they just haven't been doing it long enough. That's the only two options. If you're not where you want to be, it's one of those two reasons. It's nothing else. And we can, we can beat the drum of privilege and you know, uh, you had an easier path or you had this or that. Well, okay, all right. But there's still a bunch of motherfuckers that have a harder time than you and a worse situation they come from than you that are winning 10 times bigger than you right now. So what's your, what do you say to that? That's what I say, you know? So um, it's what we want to make it. But anybody who thinks they're a loser, dude, I, you know, I think you've just been surrounded by some shit bags and you need to think about changing your family tree, like Bobby said, you know? As far as those micro losses, because Andy Frisella doesn't have any big losses, but micro losses. No, I, I do. <laughs> I do. I have big losses, man. But like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't cower from them. You know well, what I'm saying? What was your most recent one and how did you bounce back from it? Well, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. <laughs> like but, I just said, yeah. no big losses. Well, I don't look at it like that. I don't sure. look at it like that. I look, that's right. Yeah. I look at it as you don't a lose, lesson. You learn. Sure. Like, I don't ever walk. I don't ever walk out of here being like, fuck, dude, we lost today. Like, that's not how I look at it. I look at it like, oh, man, I fucking touched that stove. It burned my hand a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, I'm not going to do that again. You know, and that's how I see it. So, you know, if, if, it's just a perspective difference, you know. And, and I think anybody who's having a hard time, because, dude, the first five, ten years of your business. Now, 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 if you're just starting out now, you're very fortunate to have the tools that, that, that you have. Like, you've got all these great content tools, all the social platforms, podcasting. You've got the ability to connect with people all over the world instantly. You've got these uh, companies who will fulfill orders and do, like, dude, you, they're just, you got Google. Like, I didn't have fucking Google. Like, I had to fucking go out and get beat in the head. You know what I mean? Fucking Yellow Pages. That's right, dude, for real. I sold fucking Yellow Page ads. Like, for real, dude. So, like, we have to understand that the label, I'm a loser, that comes from from the, ex, the external, dude. And we can't control the external. You can't control 
what the fuck your teachers think or where they come from or what their limits are. And I use teachers because I think young people who, I think, you know, that was, when I was told, like, dude, I wasn't going to do shit, like, it fucking stung. And I responded the right way, but not everybody does, right? Like, I responded with that, with, hey, man, fuck you. All right, we'll fucking see. And you know what? That's the truth. Yep. I fucking told you. That's that. Got to do the Dave Portnoy thing. Yeah. Send him a bottle of champagne. Dude, so I, I love Portnoy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love Portnoy for that because it's fucking the same way I think. Yeah. I mean, Dan, you've got the exact same mentality. Like, you, you were talking about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, you always tell the story about the counselor who told yeah. you, hey, cream of the crop, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, fuck you, dude. So, yeah. Oh, so you guys really do listen to my shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that's my thing is, like, I'm trying to figure out my why to mm -hmm. a degree, and mm -hmm. it's it always comes back to, like, I want to prove a bunch of motherfuckers wrong. Basically. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, because it's, it's always been like, hey, uh, you need to go get a job from even family, like yeah. people you love, you know? And then when things start getting better, then they throw shade on that, and it's— yeah, yeah. And, you still get those people though that. So I feel, I feel that's called the dark side, right? Like you got, everybody's got the dark side. The dark side is all the negativity. It's all the negative shit you believe about yourself or think about yourself. And you have to be able to pull energy from that. And then, you know, a lot of people pull destructive energy from it, right? Like they go on Facebook and make some passive aggressive posts or they start talking shit or they get mad or they get angry. When in reality, what you should do is absorb that negativity and then put it out into productive action. You know, and go do something that's going to move you towards where you want to go. And dude, that that's like a superpower, bro. Because every time someone throws shit at you, you're able to take it and put it back out into the world as a productive action. How the fuck can you lose? You see what I'm saying? Right, yeah. I, I figure it's like, uh, hold my beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and dude, there's nothing wrong with that. But I will tell you, there's, there's a caveat to that. So, so up until a certain point, that works very well. But you're going to get to a certain point where you're doing well, right? You're a little comfortable. You're making money. You've kind of showed everybody what the fuck was up, right? You've proven your point. And then you're going to have to figure something out because, like, dude, when you've showed all the motherfuckers, then what? So it can't be your only motivation. And so that's why what I was talking about with the purpose, um, that's such a huge deal. We got to have a mission. Outside, and the biggest companies I know and the big, most successful entrepreneurs I know they are not driven by the dark side. They are driven by their mission. So while I think the dark side is a great place to start, eventually you need to transition that into the mission. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Otherwise, you're going to run out of you're going to run out of energy because right. what what will happen is, you know, because what happens is you get to a point where you've kind of showed everybody, right. and then they still say shit, and you're like, yeah, okay, bro, fuck you. Like, hey, you don't fuck, care dude. anymore. Yeah. That's no energy. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't, I'm, okay. Like, it's so obvious. It's so obvious that you're full of shit that it, like, makes you laugh. Right. So, when, when that starts happening, then you have to, you, you're, you know, so, so I, I used to be like, oh, yeah, dude, dark side, that's the way it's at, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, since I've put out that content, which was probably five, you know, four or five years ago, um, I've learned that as well. You know, I've learned, and I've had a good, I've had good people in my life. Like I have Ed Milet as a, one of my best friends, who's a very successful man. I, I have a number of, you know, household names, successful entrepreneurs that I can talk to that are much further down the road than me. And so they've helped me identify that in myself. And dude, it's just, it's, it's made me have, uh, you know, more inner peace. I'm happier. I'm not as angry. Um, I'm not as mean. And, you know, I'm actually making, doing much better in business because I'm focusing on the mission instead of just like proving people wrong. But that proving people wrong shit can get you a real fucking far. It's just not going to take you all the way. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You talked about, about mentors with like Ed Milet. And I figured that's probably got to be like your number one guy at the moment. Yeah. We're, it's, it's, it, it works both ways. You know, we, we mentor each other because you got to remember, dude, like he is in a different, he's 10 years older than me. So he, for him to connect with the, the youth, it's different, right? There's new ways, new trends, new technology. So I help him with that. He helps me grow the fuck up and be a man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, who was the who's your first mentor though? That really, my dad. your dad. Yeah, I find that super cool because yeah. it's the same way for me. Yeah. So, yeah, no, he's still my dad. Like, my dad's seventy six years old, and um, still runs five six miles a day. He did Camelback Mountain on his seventy sixth birthday. I mean, dude, he's he's a fucking he's yeah. a stud. And and a lot of people say, you know, like I, you'll hear me, you'll never hear me talk about luck, right? Like, I don't talk about luck because the first time someone talks about luck, 
everybody says, see, see, you got <laughs> yeah. fucking lucky. No, <laughs> I told you so. There is luck if you stay on the same line for 20 fucking years. You're going to get lucky a couple times. But the reason most motherfuckers never have it is because they switch from thing to thing to thing every two years. So you never develop a situation where that can happen to you. But when, I, when it comes to, you know, like your parents, you kind of get what the fuck you get. Yeah. I, I hit the lottery with that. You That's know what cool. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I was able to, um, I was able to learn a ton. You know, he, my dad never financially supported our companies, but it was super helpful to have someone who knew some things about business in my ear, um, even though I didn't listen most of the time, you know, like most of the time he would tell me shit and I wouldn't do it. And I learned the hard way. And that's why it took me 10 fucking years to get it going. But, you know, he tried. Right. <laughs> yeah. But now I listen to everything he says very carefully. Yeah. Because like, it's like every time I've not listened in my entire life, I got burnt. So, you know, I got lucky there. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering if he was, since he is around so much, if he is one of your biggest, biggest motivators and clearly, clearly is. Yeah, man. And it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. He's got an office right down here. So walk by every day, say what's up. He tells me some story that's full of shit. <laughs> and, and I fucking walk on. <laughs> you know? Dad shit. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Andy, we speak a lot about circles in our podcast. And uh, this is actually, I've only heard you say this once, but you talked about people having undeserved loyalty to other people. Yeah. And then do you remember talking about no man's land? Mm -hmm. So I was in like a little bit of a darker place uh, and not darker place, just like super stressed. Felt like I wasn't where I needed to be. Um, and just, it was just a downtime and I was listening to that podcast and it was just no man's land is essentially, and you'll explain this more, but you're in one circle and you feel like you're starting to shed that circle a little mm -hmm, bit, mm -hmm. but you're not at the level of the circle that you want to be. Right. So you feel super lonely. Yeah. You feel like, what the fuck am I doing? It's a lot of second guessing sure. of yourself. So one, um, kind of two part question. Can you explain that a yeah. little bit better to people? And then two, what was the most difficult no man's land experience that you've had in 20 plus years of entrepreneurship? Okay. So no man's land is basically, so you've, everybody's heard that expression. It's lonely at the top, right? And, and I'm here to tell you that's not true at all. Um, where it's lonely is in the middle. Okay. So you have your, your, your friends, right? And like here in St. Louis, you know, we have a high school community, right? Like where'd you go to high school? We, yep. You know, it's the only place in the country that's like that. Um, which is weird. Like, I go other places and I say, well, where'd you go to school? They're like, why the fuck you want to know? Nowhere. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. Like, I don't Damn, know. Dude, I literally explained that Chill. to someone this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Like, I guess it's St. Louis, but whatever. You CBC. Know? Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> Is it, you really go there? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, my older brother went there. Good deal. So see how that works? Yep. All right, That's this is how we do no, it. Here. No, we're friends. Yeah. Now we're good. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, you know, the thing is, is, uh, is, fuck, I forgot my train of thought. What is no man's land? Oh, no man's land. You're right. So no man's land, basically, guys, it's like this, okay? You you have your, your core group, maybe four or five people, and you start to decide that you want a, a different life, right? Like they have um, their lives, you know, and you just want more. You want to become more successful. You want to build a business. You want to build a, a, a more, finance, uh, more financially successful life. Uh, maybe you want to get fit. This can apply for many different categories. But once you start to venture outside that peer group, which are your friends, um, they're going to start criticizing you and they're going to start asking you questions as to why you're doing what you're doing. And they're going to do so in a way that makes you feel bad. It's going to make you feel guilty. They're going to put the guilt trip on you. And this is just human nature. You can't really take it personal. It's just them not understanding why that life isn't good enough for you anymore. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody wants a different level of life. I don't judge people for any way they choose to live. All I do is offer what I've done, and you can choose to do it or not do it. But what happens is when you step outside that peer group, you know, you're, you're instead of going out to the bars Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like we like to do here, uh, <laughs> we're, we you're staying home and you're putting in personal development work and you're working out and you're, you're eating healthy and you're doing all these things that will line you up for success later. And what happens is you sort of move outside of that peer group, but you're not necessarily in the new peer group with people that are aligned with what you want. All right. And so what happens is you start to have some success and you feel alone because there's no one around you. Your old friends aren't identifying. You're not successful enough to identify with your new friends so you're stuck in the middle kind of by yourself. And that 
is very painful and it's very frustrating. And that's what most people think success is. Most people think success is that. And that's why they say it's lonely at the top. No, motherfucker, you're not at the top yet. You're in the middle. In fact, you'll probably never be at the top. So quit thinking it. So then what happens is you, you continue to move on your path and you start to meet new people who are aligned with your goals and they're not busting your balls for staying home and learning uh, or working, you know, 18 hours a day for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks on end because that's what they're doing too. And instead of them criticizing you, they're now offering a hand to say, hey, here's what I can help you with. Here's what I can help you with, you know, and you start to develop these new friendships that are actually far more rewarding and more fun to be a part of because the commonalities in what your goals are. So, but most people just never stick it long enough to get to that point. Yep. And so my, <clears throat> my solution to that problem, which is, that's what I do is solve problems, was to create Arte Syndicate with that. You know, we're trying to minimize the time people feel like they're alone on their own. So we created a group that is, you know, built of successful entrepreneurs or at least people who are on that path that people can connect with and not feel alone and have that network immediately, not five years down the road. Because, dude, most um, people that quit entrepreneurship, what I find is they quit because they're fucking alone, you know, and they, and that they can't handle it. Yeah. And so the... the it's really important that you guys try to spend time and connect with people who are aligned with what you're trying to do and sure. make your life so much better. Yep. Awesome. That's Appreciate why, that. That's why we're here. Yeah. Well, dude, that's, that's the thing, man. It's, it's really like, dude, everybody's had that girlfriend or boyfriend, right? Or I'm just going to go on that, you know, who, who, who didn't really appreciate that you work so hard or that you're, you know, you didn't want to go out or you didn't want to do this. You didn't want to do that. Bro, if you got somebody like that, get them fuck out of your life. That person will fucking ruin you, okay? Don't be afraid to go on your own because what's going to happen is you'll end up with somebody two or three years from now who actually supports everything you fucking do and loves you for it. And bro, that's, that's an amazing thing. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Time's the most precious commodity, so you just gave up two, three years of your life not fucking getting there. That's right. So. Yeah. yeah. And if you stop, it's like going back to the, the beginning of the marathon, bro. Yeah. If you get to mile 17 on a marathon, and, and then you get to 18, and you just keep quitting and going back to the start, how do you ever finish a marathon? You can't. So it's very, very important to, uh, to stick it through that part of, of being lonely when, when you're in no man's land. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so before I jump into the OnlyFans inquiry, did you guys have any other questions that you had written down? You got a question, Brad? I got, I got something. So when we did, I did 75 hard as well with Bobby. Yeah. We actually all tried to do it. Dan yeah. like bitched out on like day two or three, I think. It's hard, he man. Went to, yeah. <laughs> he went to Vegas, whatever <laughs> he, he bitched Vegas. out. But I was honest about it. He I was, was like, hey, hey, I don't have the proper intent with these fucking workouts. And for me to just go through the motions wasn't the right way. Look, bro, nothing's for, nothing I do, nothing I promote is for fucking everybody. Nothing. Not even my fucking voice. So I'm cool with that. You know so, what I'm saying? Uh, so during the process, we had a bet, okay. hundred dollar bet. You know, whoever. Now makes you want to do it, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm a, yeah. <laughs> let's fucking <go>. run yeah. <laughs> here. <laughs> so it's whoever made it the furthest, or you know, whoever lost most body fat, yeah. whatever. You know, so we get to the end, and that was right when you made your big post about fucking golf. Okay, yeah, yeah. so Bobby's an avid golfer, yeah. and he might have used golf for a couple workouts. <laughs> so where, does that, where does that land on the, uh, the chart there? Golf? We already know. Yeah, golf, <laughs> golf is not an acceptable workout. It's the not, only thing it has to now... be an intentional workout. So we have this, this discussion literally every day. And I see <laughs> people out there doing their 75 hard. Listen, dude, if you were qualified to make the fucking program, you would have made the program and it would, be, it would have 400 million views like mine does. Okay, but you're not. So I have these motherfuckers that try to switch the program around and think that they're going to accomplish the same shit. There's, there's very specific reason for every single thing. And to answer your question, if you walk and golf and you count that as a workout, you fucking fail. So he owes me 100 bucks. If that's a bet. Okay, and then, yeah, so, so to go along with that, I own my own machine shop. So yeah. we decided to make this for you. Oh, sweet, dude. Fucking so golf. That's a, that's a, <laughs> it says fucking golf. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, man. so something you can hang up. Bro, I'm going to make a post about this today. It's going to piss so many people off. <laughs> as long, stopped, as, as, stopped, long as we get tagged, it's all good. Bro, I stopped talking about it because it was so frustrating. It's like, guys, 
This is real simple, okay? It's this, it's this, it's this. You know what? If you could complete the whole Live Hard program and do the whole fucking thing, and you can look me in the eye and say it wasn't the best fucking thing you ever did, bro, you're fucking lying. That's it, okay? This, this thing has synergy. It's designed with a purpose, and, you know, everybody wants to fuck with it. And for what reason? I don't know. It's like, okay, if Martha Stewart is the best fucking cake baker on the fucking planet, and she gives you a recipe, why are you going to fuck with it? Oh, it's because you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. Like, you, you, have a, you have a fucking fucked up sense of self if you're going to fuck with Marcus, Martha Stewart's cake recipe. I will not make an excuse. I will say that that came out at the very end of our 75 Hard Challenge. So that's Doesn't when matter. there was— I, Look, I, man, I you're not— you you're, Listen, right you're now. not the only one who's made that mistake. But the point— hey, I'll be a man of my word. Watch this right it. now. Yeah. Here you go. There you go. There you go. So, look, dude, you got to pay your debts, bro. That's a big deal. Respect. So, like, dude— we just needed him to say it. Yeah, no, dude. Look, it's it's Case the whole thing is it's got to be extra and beyond. Like I was talking to this guy uh, who's doing some landscaping in my house last night, and this dude, I mean, he's been laying pavers all day. Like, fuck, that's fuck. How hard. many pavers you got up there? A that lot. Looks like, yeah, that looks a ridiculous. Lot. I saw a that. lot. And this dude, I mean, they're beautiful. They're doing a great job. And this young guy, he walks up to me, and he's like, "Yeah, man, I just started seventy five hard." I said. <laughs> I said, you did? He goes, yeah, today's my first day. I got up and worked out, and now, now I'm going to go work out again. And I said, you're going to go work out again after laying all those papers? He said, well, that's what you said to do. I said, fuck yeah, bro. Yeah. So, like, but, dude, it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to challenge you. And, you know, it's not supposed to be, I'm going to fit it in with my daily plans. It's supposed to be on top of your daily plans. So, Sorry, bro. It's all good. Hey, I'll <laughs> do it again, and then I'll tag you in That's it. right. I know you will. I have no <laughs> doubts, bro. You Listen. Hundred bucks? Yeah, it is what it is. No, I fuck. Dude. Look, he's already done. Me most, he's a hundred percent capable of doing it. Like he's, you guys understand what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah, for sure. So I'm. I, I and only fans. Yeah. It's actually only calves. Uh, so only calves. So only calves inquiry. So yeah. only fans are are what we call our fans because yeah. we've got about six hundred of them on Instagram, and uh, this is where we ask a question. Uh, about that some type of advice and, and you try to solve the problem, okay. do what you do for them. Okay. So today we have Lars <laughs> from Denmark. Lars. Uh, so, That's such so, a fucking badass name. So I don't like, know. If I wouldn't fuck with anybody named Lars. So, so a side <laughs> do question. Do it, Lars. So yeah. I, I actually have a side question off this before we get into that one. Um, we are the number 46, you're the number one business podcast in the world. We are the number 46 ranked business podcast in Denmark. As a Let's go. Okay. You in Denmark are at 160. So my question is, hey, are you a little nervous right now? I am. I'm intimidated. Okay. I'm intimidated, bro. Okay. Fuck, I'm here with some professionals. <laughs> professionals. We don't fuck around. The professionals. I'm here with them. Tell them Lars from Denmark. Yeah. Fucking uh, Lars. So... Lars from Denmark says, I know you're really into manifesting and visualization. So his question, did you ever think about putting something surrounding the law of attraction as a habit into 75 hard? Or is that just something on the side that you've it's made in, it's a habit? In, it's in live hard. So if you go move on to phase one and phase two and phase three, it's it's heavily involved in those, is in those it? phases. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Question answered, Lars. Yeah. All so right. let's, let's find another question. That okay. one sucked. Cool. Let me pull up Instagram. <laughs> Lars, your questions suck. Read my shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got a quick know. question okay, on 75 Hard. So we read the book, The One Thing. Yeah. Um, and 66 Days to Form a Habit. Mm -hmm. Is that any relation to why you chose 75 Days? Mm -hmm. No. Why'd you choose 75 Days? Because I had, I, well, there's a bunch of reasons. But the main reason was I had a $250,000 bet with my Arate group that I would get under 10% body fat in 75 days. And, um... That was basically the main. I'm like, fuck this. I'll fucking, I'll just go the whole time. And I did. So that was kind of how I came up with it. But uh, one of the main reasons why I knew that was a good uh, time frame was that's close to how long the boot camps are. And they're designed to create life, lifelong okay. habits. So that was something that I read a lot about and, and figured out. But the main reason was, is um, I just kind of roll with it. If you go listen back to the original 75 Hard podcast, um, I was fired up by winning a bet, and that's kind of where the seventy-five days came from. Nice, I yeah. get that. Yeah, to prove <laughs> to prove a motherfucker wrong. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. So, 
Uh, EJ Foreman, uh, who's been a longtime listener, uh, wants to know about your thoughts on how you shape the company culture uh, at First Form and just like to kind of piggyback off that, Supplement Superstores, like those guys there are my dudes. Like yeah. every time I fucking go in there, I get a handwritten note from yeah. them. I get a t-shirt. I get the, hey, if you haven't tried this out, try this flavor. Like, and when I go into like a GNC or vitamin world, it's some person that looks like they've never lifted weights and they're eating firehouse subs and, yeah. and french fries. Yeah. So, but but that's the culture instilled in uh, Supplement Superstore and first form. So how, I guess his question was, how did you how did you shape that company culture to where it is now? And you've got hundreds of employees. Well, in the beginning, it was real hard, right? Like you get a lot of resistance and most people never put culture into play or, or core, core values into play because they know that there's certain people in their system that are producing revenue that are going to not have, they're not going to go with it. And so you're going to lose some motherfuckers. Um, but the reality is, is you have to have a set of core values that you live by um, hire by and fire by and correct by. Uh, meaning that when you make a correction or someone violates, you know, does something wrong inside the company, it's going to be a violation of those values, not a violation of their technical job, right? Yeah. So, like, if someone makes a mistake, they don't get fucking fired here. But if someone violates the core value by making the mistake, they do get fired here. Um, and they get rewarded here for the same thing. So, basically, you know, understanding that you have to have core values and understanding how to communicate within those core values is what's going to shape the culture. And this is not, this is, this, this, dude, I could talk for literally a week straight on how to do this, but basically what it comes down to is deciding what you're about and then being about it as much as you possibly can with no exceptions. And what will happen is when you're firm and you're uh, strict about what you're about, meaning your core values, um, you're going to attract other people that have the same values and those people are going to work and those people are going to believe and those people are going to build with you. And, um, it just takes time, you know, and it's not something you can do in three months. Uh, it's a commitment you have to make for the lifetime of you being in business. Yep. Is yeah. that why you do 75 hard? I mean, obviously you do 75 hard cause it keeps you sharp and yeah. on your game. That's why I do it. it big yeah. reason. I mean, that's you leading by example. Yeah. Right. It, it, it produces my best self. Like when I'm on the program, I'm I'm at I'm at my pinnacle of what I can do uh, at this point in time. Like literally at this point in time, I'm in the best shape I've ever been in. I'm I'm more successful than I've ever been. I have all that powerful momentum pushing me. And every day I wake up, I'm I have a chance to be better than I ever was every single day. And so that's a that's a powerful place to be, right? Like. I'm not looking back and saying, oh, when I was 25, I was better. No, I would fucking shit down the throat of 25-year-old self. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. I would fucking eat his motherfucking lunch, dude. <laughs> so that's the truth. And um, the reason I do it is because I recognize that and I'm aware of that. And, and dude, I'm, I'm getting older, so I want to make sure I stay on that track as long as I possibly can. And one day I won't be able to do it. So that's why I do it. Um, it really has little to do. It does have a lot to do with culture, but not directly. Like I'm not doing it and like, I'm not sitting here saying, I got to do it because culture going to sure. be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it because I know that if I do it, that will put my best self, which will create the best result. Absolutely. It's kind of like making the deposits and the withdrawals. It's, it's that we talked about earlier. Yes. You know, yep. it's an indirect way that yes. is building that culture yeah. for sure. Yeah. And that's a hard thing. Like it's a hard... That's a hard thing to understand without experience, right? That's a hard thing to understand if you've never seen it. Um, but I'm telling you guys, like we talked about earlier, uh, when we were talking about the story of, of when we almost shut the company down, when you shift the perspective into contribution, even if it's contribution to yourself, um, which 75 Heart is, that's how you should see it, uh, the result is going to materialize whether it be financial or however, whatever it is, you're producing a better human. Better humans have better lives. It's just the way it is. So um, I do it for that reason. You know, I want to I want to capitalize on what I've got, the opportunities I have, you know? Fuck yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. uh, the last question that I had was, um, so we had talked a little bit about your house and where you live. Not many people know the story, but mm -hmm. it's, is it true that you would email that guy yeah. Every single April for yeah. eight years to see if you would put his house on the market, and yeah. now you have that house, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so I just, I just, you heard me telling that story the other day. So, um, 
what happened, my first girlfriend I ever had lived uh, down here in Fenton off 141. And they were building this house uh, as I was dating her. And so when I would drive over to her house, I'd see this house they were building. And I was like, fuck, dude, that's, that looks awesome. So I would drive up there and uh, park and kind of watch them. And they would come down and be like, what are you doing here? And I'd be like, I don't know. I'm just watching. <laughs> They're like, get the fuck out of here, you know? <laughs> and so they would shoo me off. And, uh, and this, was, this was back in, in the late 90s. Um, and then what happened, what I, you know, I didn't have any money then, dude. And like I, the first 10 years of business, like I didn't see any light at the end of the time. I had no reason to believe I could ever own that house. But when I thought of like, when I visualized like where I wanted to live, it was always, I visualized that specific house, yeah. not knowing anything about the power of visualization. It was just my dream house. And, uh, and so I got like 10 years in and I started to see, okay. We're making, a, we're doing a little bit of things, right? Like I'm, I, I made my first six-figure paycheck in my eleventh year, um, and things went north from there, you know. And so I started to see that that there was possibility. So I looked up on the tax record who owned the house, and I started emailing them. Um, and I I found him on uh, Facebook, and I emailed him, and, or whatever, DM'd him, whatever you yep. want to say. And I said, hey, dude, uh, I want to buy your house. I don't, I don't have the money yet, but one day I will. And it, <laughs> if you ever sell it, I want you to sell it to me. And, and I set alarm on my phone. I emailed him every, every single April uh, for the next eight years. And in 2018, he, he responded back and he was like, well, you know, I think we are going to sell the house. And, uh, and so he, he made me, we, we talked about it. Um, we were way off on, on the price. And when he finally decided that he wanted to be reasonable, he made me a real offer. I happened to be sitting up at Billy G's on the patio, drunk off my ass. <laughs> and I bought the house with a fucking meme. So he's, he, he, he offered me the house at the price. And you know that uh, meme where Leonardo DiCaprio had, had slammed his hand on the table and it said, sold to the man with the fantastic beard. Yeah. <laughs> so I sent him that meme back. So that's how we did the deal. That's so awesome. I, I bought my dream house with a meme. That's fucking awesome. amazing. Yeah. The uh, power of memes. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. To the moon, baby. And yeah, so yeah. that was 2018? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> 2018. So three yeah. years ago? Yeah. So it's been three years since you've had that, like, annual tradition every April. Yeah. So we've got a suggestion for you, mm -hmm. and that's every April we do this podcast. Hey, man. I've been down with that. I'm having fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm down with that. We're cool oh, dudes, yeah. man. Yeah. You, you know what? I was worried about you, but you won me over. <laughs> <laughs> have that ability. I knew these guys were cool, yeah. but I didn't know about you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. No, but seriously, um, this has been incredible. Um, yeah, I'm having fun, dude. And it's fun to sit down with some St. Louis fellas and, and, and you know, kick it around a little bit. Yeah. And we, like you said, we're, we, we try to provide good content. Um, we also try to keep things fun and light. Yeah. Um, and, and it's to the point where it's like, we can't tell you how much, how cool it is for you to be on because we actually have, we joke around that we have an Andy Purcell uh, bucket. So it's like every time you say, mention Andy Purcell or his content, you got to put $5 in there. <laughs> it's gotten that bad, huh? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we dialed it back after the first the 10 episodes. The real AF uh, review. Yeah. yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. guys, I appreciate it, man. And this has been really fun. I do a lot of podcasts, and this is definitely one of the best ones I've done just because of the, the lightheartedness and the, you know, dude, I can tell you guys are from here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. guys are, we're, we're the same kind of dudes. Right. You know, I like that. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it. Seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, thanks again. And we'll see you next April. All right. I'll okay. be here. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. <laughs>